Come on. Isn't that true? And everybody said that's true, said amen. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm in the right crowd. Well, you know, I know that this morning when I want to talk, we, we have the ideal family and you have the real family. And a lot of us, we go through tensions in family. How I many you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, I, I just know that, you know, many times the question is raised, you know, like we raised this last couple of weeks when we've done this series. How many enjoyed Patrick Villam last week? Come on. Not that many people. We won't bring him back then. All right, just that's it. How many of you enjoy Pastor Villam? All right, okay. But, uh, you know, I, I know that sometimes we just got to embrace reality and the idea of knowing that we never attain certain things, but we always know that we can work on things in our lives and, and in our family, and God, God's grace fills the gap in every one of our lives. And so, you know, this morning... We all have conflict, and it comes, you know, it's a collision. Conflict's a collision of disagreement. How many of you have always agreed with your mate? You liar. But anyway, just, but the thing is, is that it's everywhere. There's no conflict like conflict in the family, though. And, and, you know, I know that if you won an argument at home, you really didn't win anything at all anyway. And I, I know that we all process conflict differently. And if you're taking notes, I'll give you four ways that I think that many people just face conflict. The first is that sometimes we have people that are screamers in our family. They go through conflict and they let it all out. Ah! And after they let it all out, then they want to be like lovers and act like nothing happened. I'm you know, talking about just screamers. And then the second kind of person is many times you have peacemakers. They just want to have peace, but no passion. How many of you are talking about? I, I remember there's a story it's about this, this guy and his, his wife, and she had a husband, and he was just real passionless. And so they went to a counselor, and, and uh, the wife says, he never shows any affection, Doc. He just and so the counselor tries to say, I'm going to do something radical with him. And so what he does, he lays a passionate kiss on the wife and tells the husband, your wife needs this at least two times a week. The husband says, okay, I guess I can bring her in now. Anyway, just, my wife was faster than all y'all. But anyway, then you got sulkers. You know what I mean? Those people that kind of got the mopes. The mully grubs, you know, the sulkers, they're, they're just quiet. You ask them, hey, everything okay? And it's always, yep. Everything fine? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. And, and they're going to give you, the, they give you that cold shoulder. Am I in the right church? You know, something's brewing, but it never comes out. Then there's the last ones. It's called the litigators. You can't argue with a litigator. They got the facts. They got that. When I first got married, let me just say this. Let me, let me just say that. You can argue, but I'm, I'm smart, but I'm a slow smart sometimes when it comes to argue. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just kind of, you know, you can argue, but it's a slow smart. When I first got married, man, my wife could tell me the facts. And, you know, and, and it's like, it, it, you know, it takes a couple of days to figure out what you're going to say after they've laid out the facts. Okay? But according to the Bible, there's only one reason why we have conflict in family. There's only one reason. And see, 
you know, we argue about money, we argue about sex, we argue about parenting, and, and we're not respectable, we don't respect other, others' feelings in our family. We may argue, but we know who, who it is. It's the devil, right? No, I'm not talking about the devil, but I don't know if you heard that story. Did you hear about the guy that, that, uh, who, uh, who had the devil appear to him? And when he appeared, he said, hey, I'm the devil. Aren't you afraid of me? Because I'm not the least bit scared of you. And the devil says, why not? He goes, because I'm married to your sister. <laughs> anyway, I knew that wakes somebody up in the house. So what's the cause of conflict? G- James says there's one cause. If you were st- if we'd stop right now and you'd look at each other and ask one another, why do, you, why do you have fights? Why do we fight? What's the cause of the fight? You know, we wouldn't get through with service if I just said, all right, couples, y'all get there. Why do you fight? We might not get out of here and it might lead into arguments. I don't know. But I know this is that, you know, it's like we're pretty good, you know, when we, we get together, I, I, you know, we're pretty good at sometimes kind of the blame game, the shame game. And our happiness is based on, you know, certain things in our lives. But see, when you look at, even if you look at Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve, you know, they sinned against God and they both pass blame on each other. Remember, God comes to them and he comes to them to Adam. He calls the man up. He goes, what happened? He goes, well, Lord, that woman you gave me. Really, that's what he said. the woman you gave me. Then the woman comes up. She goes, it was a snake. Yeah, God calls a snake. He goes, what's up, snake? He goes, hey, I'm a snake. What do you think? That's not really what happened, but I picture that. But see, what happens is sometimes we argue about them. And then the wife goes, I just wish she would make just more money. The husband goes, I wish she would just stop spending less money. Then the kids go, I wish my parents would just listen. And the parents go, I just wish the kids would listen. Doesn't sound like anybody in here, does it? Not at all. See, we think, we think the real root of the problem is always somebody else. Hello? Don't we love to blame and shame other people? We're so wired to see everyone else's faults that sometimes we don't even see our own. You know, we're slow to see our own faults and our own inadequacies. Have you ever been hunting? I remember one year I went hunting and you go out in the woods or out in the brush or something like that, and sometimes you get ticks. You ever have a tick? All right, I've had ticks on me, okay? And it's like when you get a tick on you and you can't see your back and you feel something and you got to go ask your wife and you, you open your shirt and you show her your tick and she goes, ah, and she goes, please pull it out. Ah! You know what I mean? But when you get ticks or things like that on you, it's like every little crawl thing, you kind of, oh, got, got a tick. You're just looking, aren't you? You know what I'm talking about? But sometimes we're blind like that. We don't see blind spots in our own lives. Can I just be real with you? Don't we? 
Let's be honest. How many of you have some blind areas in your life that other people constantly come and tell you and say, we get on the defensive. Oh, oh, no, don't tell me that. You know, we blame other people, and that's why we're not happy. We're just not happy because we blame other people from taking away our happiness. Samuel, come here. Come here. We just give our happiness to other. You can go sit down. Thank you, Samuel. We just give our happiness. Hold on to that. Don't crumble it up. I did good. I worked good this morning on my artwork. Anyway. But we let other people take away our happiness because we blame them for taking away our joy, our happiness, our peace. See, as long as we blame someone else for your, as long as you blame someone else for your unhappiness, you're going to give your happiness away to that person. Does that make sense? We do. Sometimes we just give our happiness away. And so the way we humans naturally operate is, is what causes us to lose things that we really want. What do you mean? We don't have to go... How many of you know you don't have to go to fight school? You don't have to bring your kids to fight school to fight over Legos. You don't need your kids to go. You don't bring them to get educated. Hey, yeah, my kids go to the private fight school. Well, they give you special attention on how to fight. You know, the reason we don't go along, we, we don't, that happens, it just, it just come, it kind of comes natural. How many of you? You had a little fighting spirit come on, you just being natural. All right. Okay, we want real honesty this morning. We have this on video. Okay. All right, I'm just... See, the reason we don't get along is because we don't get what we want. Whew. We just don't get what we want. How many of you know we want stuff? Come on, let's be honest. If we don't get what we want, we have a little temper tantrum. We get, we become a screamer. We become sulkers. You see, it's only natural. You see, we have to be trained out of that. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Sometimes I have to be trained to not get what I want. Because, see, as we all grow up, it's about the kingdom of self. You learn to cry, to have a fit when you're a little kid. Because it's all about you. How am you talking about? It's like my, my little girl had some kittens, and they have one cat. We don't, I, I really don't predict. Sprinta doesn't like the cat, I don't think. Because she went to pet it for the first time, and the cat went, <laughs> can't even see. You know? I called him demon anyway. It's like. There's so many times, I can remember my, my mom told me this story. She told me this story all the time. She goes, you know, when you were little, we lived in Lake Charles, and when my dad was going to school in Lafayette, and my, I had to live with my grandmother, and we'd go to grocery shopping in Lake Charles at, and, uh, at the grocery store and uh, on, at Kroger's on McNeese and Street. And I remember one day I was in there, she said, and I wanted to have something really bad. So she, she wouldn't get it for me, and I had a temper tantrum. And I started laying on the floor and kicking and screaming and having a fit. And my mom left me on the aisle. 
Are you hearing me? And when she said, when I noticed that she wasn't around, I stopped having a fit and started looking for my mom. Mom! Why do you think they put those demon-possessed trinkets at the checkout stand at Walmart? So your children will manifest things in them that's there. Come on. Mama, can I have? No, we've had kids steal stuff. My kids, I'll be honest, pastor's children have stolen candy. We had to bring them back. Give them the candy. You know, anybody like that happen to you? Anyway, they wanted it so bad, they just grab it. Because we want what we want. It's only natural to take up for yourself if you want what you want. It's only natural that you get you get what is fair, right? How many of you know that life isn't fair? You're living in a fairy tale world if you think and life's gotta be fair. I'll just be honest with you. Fair f- fair only matters to you when you're getting what you want. That's when it matters. Amen. I don't see. I'm sounding like a screamer this morning. I'm not seeming like a screamer. Okay, but you know, you know, it's like you ever go to a parking lot at Walmart and you're driving around, and and, and everybody else is driving around because you're looking for a parking spot. And it's full around Christmas time and stuff, and you're driving around ten minutes, you know, kind of looking for a spot. You can't find it, and. Then, you happen to pull up in the car, and a car's pulling out, so you kind of stop, and you let them pull out, and you don't scream, that's not fair, don't you? You go, praise the Lord, God opened a space for me, it is awesome, I got, you know, come on. We only holler about fair when we're not getting what we want. You ever see I mean, if you turn on the TV and watch the news, you know, there's all kinds of political things that happen. People scream for cause because they just don't think it's fair. Life's not fair. It's just not. I know when, when I got married, it started proving that I was selfish. Hello? Because, see, when I was single, everybody liked me. I didn't have to deal with myself because I got what I wanted, did what I wanted. But when I got married, guess what? I couldn't do what I wanted. And so I had to start dealing with moi. Because, you know, you ever have that? Man, it was so good before I got married. How many of you say that? No one. It's a tough crowd. I know it's kind of rainy and... All that stuff is kind of lolly and everything else. Can we just, can you just, just do me a favor. Can you all just raise your hands like this? Okay, put them like this. Scratch your head. Scratch your head. Okay, put your hand on the other person's shoulder. Kind of rub their shoulder a little bit. If you know them. (laughs) Okay. But you know, here we are. We only holler when things aren't fair. So we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not really about fair. None of us are. This, is, this, this, is, this was God. He opened up the parking spot. Yeah, right. You ever go on s- snow skiing? I went one time, okay? One time. I got on the thing. I tried to do some stuff. My boys went... Uh, uh, Snowboarding, there you go. They went snowboarding because Tracy's family lived 
they love, live up toward the mountains in Washington State. And so, look, when I got, I got up there, there's certain things you got to do. When you ever go to an edge of a cliff or something like that and you look down, what do you normally do? You usually put your weight on the back foot because you don't want to fall over. But if you've ever skied, you got to even water ski. How many water skied around here? Come on now. Come on. I got a few hands up here. Well, Miss Jean, you used to water ski? Come on, girl. <laughs> I bet you were good. And, and I mean, you know, it's like people, you know, they water ski, and you got to put that weight on the back, right? And, and when you do it, you got to put that weight. Can it's, it's almost an unnatural thing because you got to do the opposite of where the centrifugal force is trying to take you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's the same way in our lives. We know that we, we, we don't want to, you know, we got we to work the opposite of what everything is telling us to do in our bodies. Does that make sense? And it's the same way even in our own lives. See, we, when we fight, we fall into habits. We learned in the house that we were probably born in. Hello? You, you pick up some of dad's stuff. You pick up some of mama's stuff. And you pick up grandma's old bad habits. It's all these generational things that come out of you. And you go, man, that sounds like my mama. It is. I mean, my mom, my mom's a sweet lady. I mean, you, she could be the greeter and people would love her and stuff. But in private, when I'd get her mad, she was a screamer. You know what I'm saying? And I, I promise, I provoked her to get mad. I promise. I remember one time she grabbed a wooden fruit bowl. She was so mad at me because I talked back at her about something. And, and I remember that was oranges and apples flying, but she was hitting me with that fruit bowl. I haven't grabbed anything, but I've been tempted. Now, I've gone, I've told the boys when we go on long trips, they can tell you, promise you. I mean, look, let me tell you, if you don't listen to me on a, on a trip because I got a mission. I got to get there. How many of you are talking about? I got to get on that trip. I, I mean, if you don't listen to me or do what I'm telling you or you're just too much ruckus going on in the back and you're taking away from me and mom's conversation or we're just trying to have peace in the, in the car, we will pull over the side of the Interstate 10. I don't care where it is. You will grab your own stick and bring it back to me and I will whip you. Is that true? On the front row. Okay. Huh? Find a small stick. But then that's bad. If you find too small, I'm going to get a bigger one. Anyway, just. You see, we pick up some. We need to learn new habits. See, when we fight, we fall into habits. And see, James, I love what the book of James says. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels quarrels and what causes fights among you is is it not this that your passions are at war within you see the real source of fighting comes from within you can't have desires that you don't that don't spill out onto other people the primary source of conflict is coming out of what, let me just, out of, out of us wanting what we want. You see, James chapter 4 verse 2 says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. Another one, one says you lust, and then if you don't, if, when you lust, you, you murder. 
You covet and you can't obtain. So you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Wait a minute. You kill relationships. You kill your sp- with your spouse. You kill relationship with your children, with your parents, with your brothers and sisters because there's a war going on inside of you. You see, parents kill relationships because they're not proud of their kids unless they achieve something. You want to just have your kids so you can just brag about them. You see, dads live out their dreams sometimes in their, in their children's lives. I've seen that in, in football. I'm not against football. I love football. You know, I mean, football's coming in late August, and we're in June now. So I only have a few months. I do read about football. I miss football. I'm, anyway, I'll just stop right there. But see, what happens is if you have it, it, I I just say it's like I know a guy that really looked at his dad one day and said, I just don't want you to be this to me. I just want you to be my dad. Just be my dad. And you know what? Sometimes we try to live our dreams through our children and it causes conflict. And I believe that for every one of us, you know, we want, we want this. Uh, we don't get women. So do you know why you hurt people that you're closest to? Do you know why you hurt people that you're closest to? Because you're close to them. They say grief is proportional to intimacy. The more intimate you are with someone, the greater they can hurt you. You see, we need to be honest and say, do you know what a big part of the problem is? I'm just not getting what I want. You know, that's when you have to humble yourself. That's when you have to ask for forgiveness. It's real quiet in here. Either God's having conviction or this is a boring service. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Let let me just say this. For every one of us, how many, let me, let's be honest. How many know that you don't like when you don't get what you want? Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm feeling normal again. If we would learn to say that it it could stop a lot, if we would learn to say, you know what, I see it, it's me, it stopped a lot. I'm not saying you don't get what you want. We're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going about the wrong way. See, we want, we want, listen to what I want. We want God to work. I want God to work on other people before. That's how we are. So God, just work on them. Then you can work on me. Lord, work on Tracy. She's got some serious issues. You know what I'm saying? When the rea- reality is like, she's probably, Lord, please help Bob before. Le- either take him home. Or change him. That's not what's happening. But that's how we feel sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? You know, change them. When God all along is saying, no, I want to change you. You know, Andy Stanley talked about marriage counseling. And he said there was basically three things 
that cause problems in marriage. The first problem that he saw is the lack of communication. People just don't communicate. The second problem is sex. The third problem is money. You see, most problems can be solved with us fixing one or three of those things. Samuel, can you bring back my life for me? Okay, thank you. I want to be happy again. You see, we want happiness, and so if we want happiness, this is what he says, deeper than that, if you drew a circle, see, I did two ways. If you drew a circle that represented a pie as being whole, what you would find out is that, that you know, if we, there's problems. You take that pencil. If you took a pencil, but I already drew it for you this morning. Isn't that cute? Y'all like my artwork? Anyway. And so in all the year in, in counseling people, he said that this circle represents your life. And he said, if you get a pencil, could you just do something for me? And he says, could you just draw a slice of what you think are the problems in your marriage. Can you just tell me how much of a problem is your marriage? Just draw a slice and tell me, and then we can work on your marriage. And he says every time he puts the circle in front of somebody for them to draw their slice, he said no one draws a slice. He said, you know why? How many of you guess why? Because if you draw a slice, you got to be willing to take responsibility for everything. And not everybody wants to take responsibility for everything. But see, that's when things really can begin to change. If you take responsibility for everything. Are y'all with me this morning? You see, the minute I admit that a little part of this is my responsibility, I lose leverage. You see, churches in this area, you know, I'll just, can I just be honest? When we came and we got this church, I'll just be honest with you. And I haven't lied yet, so I'll just be honest, continue to be honest with you. But I remember when I came here and we were trying to get some land and stuff and, and get this place, and I went to churches, I went to banks in this area. And I began to ask them if they would give me, a, give me or our church a loan. And I remember going to the one, uh, one bank here and, you know, I said, who has authority? I talk to the, I actually went to the president of one of the banks. And I went to a vice president of another bank and asked him. And one of the guys told me, he says, you know what? He sent me to one of his uh, loan officers. And he said, you know what, Pastor Bible? We're not going to, we just have a hard time giving churches a loan in this area. Like, well, why? I mean, if you have problems, I'm not them. You ever feel that way? And he says, because, he goes, because we have one church in this area that haven't paid us a note in two years. I'm like, Wow. And he told me who it was, and I'm not going to tell you who it was. And I, I remember going, and I went to another nah, church. Ugh, church, that's a risky thing. God came through with us, blessed us, but despite all that, and then we had to get some more land and other stuff, and I went to go get a loan again, and they go, ah. 
church, so we had to get alone some people I knew in Lafayette. And then I look, I look back and I go, why is that? It's because, see, if I admit, well, I'm not all the churches, am I? Are we all the churches? And there are churches that do pay their payments here in town. Okay? But it's like, it was like they were blaming us for everybody else. And I felt like it was unfair. That's not, that's not right. Why do we have to suffer for everybody else's problems? But sometimes, you know, when we face things like that, we can get an attitude. We can get an attitude. Well, you're not letting my kid play an all-star team. That's, y'all got it rigged here in town. Only the doctors and the lawyers and the, the business people, they are their children that play on the all-star. Huh? Come on. Or only, you know, so-and-so. And we get this victim mentality. And when we get the victim mentality, we start blaming the school. Then we blame the teacher. Why? Is anybody in here this morning? You know why? Because we don't want to take the rap. We want to blame it on everybody else. See, Many of us just don't want to admit it. We got blind spots. You got blind spots. Thank you, Pastor Bubba, for letting me come to church and telling me I got a blind spot. You got them. We all have blind spots. We have to learn to to blow up. We, We have to learn not to blow up on people. I can't say what happened, but one day I was walking my dog. And then this one guy, I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said. I have to keep it PG. Pretty good. And I'm walking my dog, and this old man comes out, and he goes, Hey, don't you let that dog do his thing in my yard. He says something else. And something rose up in me. I'll just be honest with you. I said, my dog ain't going to do that in your yard. And it just came out of me. I'm like, golly, where did that come from? I mean, I was just trying to have a peaceful morning. A guy accuses my dog of doing his thing in, my y- in his yard. He never did. For you to recognize there is a flaw in you, and it's not an attack against you. Hello. You ever try to correct somebody, and they think it's a personal attack? I've had people that I've had here that have been on, that were on their staff at one time. Or that people that have, and you start trying to share with them to try to help them. Or even people in the church, and you try to share, look, if you just see this, and you're, I'm not trying to accuse them or blame them or anything. I'm just trying to help them. Does that make sense? And what they do, they feel like it's a personal attack on them. It's the bottom line is you just can't receive correction. That brings direction. How many of you ever had to deal with children like that? I'm just trying to help you. I can look back at my parents and listen, man, they wanted to help me, but I was just a, a knucklehead. And all the other knuckleheads in here say amen. Some of the reason for some of the conflict you have might be you're not getting what you want when you want it in the way that you want it. So the reason we don't have 
what we want is because we don't ask God. We just don't ask God. See, I love what James, James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3 says, You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you did not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. And listen to what it says, to spend it on your passions. We have conflicts. And we don't even go to Jesus when we have conflicts. You know, if you stop and ask God to help us, to give us wisdom, to give us guidance, we need to ask him. Because sometimes, let me, can I just be honest with you? You ever get in a conflict and you just don't know what to do? Huh? Just don't know what to do. Don't know what to say. Don't know what to think. That's why the Bible says go to God. You don't have because you haven't asked. See, we can believe God for different things. Hello? You see, I can ask God to heal my body, which, hey, I had a great report this past week. Can I just give a, a report? I mean, all my, my vitals, just waiting for my blood to come. But everything, they said is good. They don't want to see me for four months. And I'm going, praise God, I don't want to see you either. And, you know, I, you know, we were asking about you. They were telling me, they were asking, we were just talking about you yesterday. Where's that little preacher boy? So he ain't coming back. But the thing is, is that, you know, many times we, we you know, I, I need, I'm, I'll just be honest, sometimes I need some real wisdom from God. Sometimes I need guidance. Instead of getting frustrated and playing the yelling game, ah, or, or, or well, let me tell you the facts. Because we can all fit in all those categories at least one time in our life. How many of you have ever just snapped? Come on, let's be honest. You just snapped. And sometimes you just go, you know, if I could just cuss. If I could just hit them. I'm getting real now. If I could just grab them and just check them out. If I could just get the, my son's teacher and just go, what is in there? See, it's coming out of me right now. I'm feeling good. We live with people that still don't know. Listen, sometimes my wife still doesn't know me. Hello? You go, really? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Because sometimes your mate really doesn't know you either. Sometimes you go, where did those children come from? You just don't know them. You think you know them. But you just don't. You don't even know yourself. You have every reason to be happy and you're still dissatisfied. 
I'm not talking about. God knows every little thing about you, your wife, your children, your in-laws, your outlaws, all those. He knows. He knows what you need. How do you fix it? You fix it by letting God have a chance. See, let me just tell you something. Sometimes we can come here and act spiritual, but I need God not just on Sunday morning. I need God every day of my life because, you know, there are times that I have tension, I have situations, I have circumstances that come my way. And if I don't take the time and go, God, help me today. I don't understand this circumstance. And see, let me just say this. If you don't get what you want, sometimes you'll fight each other. And when you fight each other, then you feel terrible, you get defeated, and you feel like there's no use. You just give up. Instead of husbands, let me just share something with you. That's when you grab your wife and go, baby, I don't know what to do, but I do know this. Let's go to God. Let's just go to God. Let's ask God what to do. There's been times, many times, where Chase has looked at me and said, baby, we just need to ask God. We need to be seeking God. I look at her, baby, we need to be, there's different times it works different ways. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's when we go to that place, we don't, we don't you know, if you don't consider God in your quarrels and your disagreements, you're going to lose it. We're trying to do life, which is complicated. And when you live life, there's going to be problems. Have you, let me ask you, how many of you face a problem this week? How about last week? See, some, we forget quickly. How many of you have problems getting to church this morning? Come on, be honest with me. Then you start blaming, what, man, if you didn't take so long in front of that, get out of the shout. What? Kids, and you're driving to church, and you're barely, man, come on, go. And your kids, oh, there's a pastor. Hey, everybody, smile. Some of you, it was a miracle to get here with the joy of the Lord. I know. We all face problems. But when you face the problem, where do you go? Who do you invite to go with you into that problem? See, some of you, let me just say that some of you have been praying for circumstances and situations and family and people for years. And you keep allowing that problem just to flood your mind instead of going to God and say, God, just help me through this. Help me see. Let me just say, what Pastor Willem did last week, pray for people, people saw miracles. That is great. But sometimes the greatest miracle that we can have in our own personal lives is knowing when we face conflict and situations and circumstances that we know that we run to God. And we go, God, I need you right now, God wants to help you restore whatever that problem is. If it's your marriage, your wife, your budget, your brothers, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, that dumb kid that's dating, trying to date your daughter. It's true. What would happen if we had if we had any argument, we had an argument and we just said, God, can you just help me to 
fixes? What would happen? God, would you let me have, would you have me to do this? Our attitude would change. You know, let me just come to a a close here. I know that Sometimes we face situations and circumstances and we go, how do we get into this? You ever feel that way? If the, I want you to walk out with anything this morning is this. When I face my next problem, I'm going to ask God to help me. Maybe you came this morning and you're facing problems circumstances, situations. You're frustrated. You're blaming circumstance. You're blaming people. You're blaming blaming things. James says, don't get all into that. Maybe you're praying, God, change that person. Do that. That husband you gave me. Oh, Lord. God's saying, no, no. I can't change him until you let me change you. You've heard me talk about my grandmother. She came a point where she, she'd preach to my grandfather, share all kinds of stuff. She saw her, he saw her refrigerator like that died. She kicked it, rebuked the devil, and it came back to life and lasted for two more years. I mean, she he saw all kinds of he saw her life from smoking cigarettes to living for God, being joyful. He'd give her an allowance. She would sneak, she would spend, she would ask God to help her with her money because he only gives so much. And, and she would use that budget to sponsor people, missionaries, her grandson, me, different people. She'd take that little bit and she would give that away. You understand me? She said, and, and she started praying. She got, I remember she said, God, God was starting to deal with her. He said, Maydell, that was her name. She goes, Maydell, stop thinking you got to do all these things. Come to me. She started going to the Lord. And I remember she told my grandfather, she goes, oh, by the way, and my real name's Howard. She goes, you know, Howard, he works on the PTO club now. He's a counselor. That's when Ben and Pat used to be on there, and people would call in, and I'd do phone counseling. So he started watching 700 Club so he could see if I was on the phone talking to somebody. And as he started watching that, he got saved. He didn't call me. Because my grandmother called out to the Lord and said, I've done all I could. I don't know how to fix this problem. You know, there's some of you, you have kids. You have a mate that you've been praying for, believing God for things to happen, to change those problems, those difficulties. Can I just say, can I just pray with you this morning that God would help you? How many say, Pastor Brother, I need that prayer this morning. Come on, just lift your hand all all over this place. Can we just stand this morning? I just want to pray. Because they say, if you're not in a problem, you're walking out of a problem, fixing the face another problem. Lift your hands to heaven. I just want to pray all over this place.